the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So one day, the devil was having a garage sale. Just kidding. No, I'm, I'm serious. It's not meant to be a joke. So one day, the devil was having a garage sale, and he was selling all the different tools that he uses on human beings. He needed some extra money. He was running low on some money, and so he was selling the, uh, uh, just different things, different uh, tools, anger and lust, and so... Uh, one guy went to his garage sale and he said to him, so um, how much are you, why is this so expensive? And he would say, oh, this is this much and this tool is that much. And he said, okay, out of all the tools that are here, there's that specific one over there that doesn't have a price tag on it and it's in the worst shape. So I know that there is anger, this tool here and lust costs this much and so on and so forth. What about that tool? What is it? It doesn't have a name on it and it costs the most expensive out of all the tools that you're selling and it's in such bad shape. And the devil said, well, this tool here is in such bad shape because I love using it on human beings. It's my favorite tool to use. And it's the most expensive because I don't want anybody to buy it. And he said, okay, so what is it? And he said, it's the tool of discouragement. And so, brothers and sisters, we think about this today, that the enemy loves discouragement. He loves it. But there is a difference between sadness and discouragement. There's a, there's a difference there. Feeling sad is part of being a human being, right? Jesus felt immense sadness uh, in his life, 33 years, especially those last three years that he, ex that, uh, that he walked the earth. Jesus felt sadness, right? We're told in the gospel when he went to look at Jerusalem. When he went to Jerusalem and they were ex not accepting his message, they were rejecting him, and Jesus was very sad about that, we're told in the Bible. We're told that Jesus, at a different part of the Bible, felt such sadness when his friend uh, Lazarus passed away. He actually cried, the Bible says. He not only cried, he, he was weeping. Also in a different part of the Bible, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, we're told that Jesus was sorrowful even to death. And so, brothers and sisters, sadness is part of being a human being. But discouragement always comes from the enemy. Discouragement, on the other hand, is sadness which has gone crazy. Again, discouragement is sadness that has gone crazy. It's out of control. Discouragement is sadness that starts to fester, and it becomes this spiritual poison in our lives. Discouragement, on the other hand, to become discouraged is to lose the energy necessary to continue fighting, to give up, to give in, throw in the towel, and stop trying. And that's exactly what the enemy wants from us. At least if I'm in sadness, that can last a day, two, maybe a year. If I've lost a loved one, but I never give up. I still have other children I need to take care of. There's other things in my life that I need to take care of. But this discouragement just says, nope, nothing's ever going to change. I'm done. And that's exactly what our enemy wants. Personally, I woke up on Wednesday after hearing the news of the elections and the proposal, feeling very discouraged. Come on, Lord. We prayed. We fasted. We educated. Where are you? Thinking, what was the point of all that? Right? What was the point of all that? And as the day went on, I woke up with this deep discouragement. But as the day went on, I realized I don't want to be discouraged. I can be sad and I should be sad. These are dark times that we live in. But I will not be discouraged. We will not give up. That's for me personally. That was my source this week of discouragement. And the enemy wants me to be discouraged. And the enemy wants me to say, your, 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 your attempts were in vain. Where is your God? Does he care? It's useless. It's a waste of time. And then I can start thinking, you know what, maybe, maybe he's right. 
Maybe this was all just a waste of time. But of course, I was starting to realize this is discouragement and where it was coming from. And we all have areas in our lives today where we feel very discouraged. Those areas where we have lost the energy to fight, we want to give up, we want to stop, we want to throw in the towel, we're just done. We feel defeated and exhausted. Every single one of us. I can go around the church and say, please, tell me what you're discouraged about, tell me what you're discouraged about, tell me. And all of us have things that we are discouraged about today. Every single one of us have this discouragement. And we, sadness again is okay, but discouragement comes from the enemy. And today I want to remind you that Jesus cleansed the temple. Right? The temple that Jesus went into today, Jesus cleansed this temple, which is where Jews went to worship. We, as a body, Saint uh, Mother of God Church, we are a temple. And Jesus wants to cleanse this church from discouragement. That's what Jesus desires. But he can't cleanse us as a church if he doesn't cleanse us individually. The Bible says that you are the, you are the, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Each one of us, when we were baptized that received the Holy Spirit, we are temples of the Holy Spirit. If I individually don't overcome discouragement, we will be a very weak church that's very discouraged. And Jesus has a desire, the same way he cleansed the temple of trade 2,000 years ago, today he wants to cleanse our individual temples from discouragement, and then so we can be a stronger, more joyful, beautiful mother of God. Amen? Amen. That's God's desire. The enemy wants us to be discouraged. And what is the problem with discouragement and the reason Jesus wants to cleanse our parish from discouragement individually and collectively? Reason number one, just two reasons. There are many reasons, but I'll only give you one or two. Reason number one why Jesus wants to cleanse us individually from discouragement so that way our church as a whole at Mother of God can be less discouraged is because when we are discouraged, we have lost our hope. We are an Easter people. Easter is not one day. As Catholics, every day is Easter. Why? Because Jesus resurrected from the dead. And that is our hope. That is our hope. John Quincy Adams was the sixth president of the United States of America. He was a brilliant lawyer and a statesman and devoted much of his political life opposing the evils of slavery. Even after running for president, he then ran for Congress, and once elected, he continued to fight the good fight against the evils of slavery. He was not going to give in to it. No matter if 99% of Congress said slavery was okay, he was going to be the 1%. He fought tooth and nail. When asked why he persevered, when faced with so much opposition and limited chances of success, Adam said, duty is ours, but results are God's. Duty is ours, but results, they're God's. He died on the floor of Congress in 1848. There, there was a young political representative at his funeral from Illinois who always was inspired by the work that Adams did. He was so inspired when it came to slavery of what his perseverance was for Adams and how he was fighting against slavery. And his name was Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, as we know, became the 16th president of the United States. He picked up the torch against the fight of the evil of slavery, exactly where Adams had left it. And when he came into the White House in 1861, 
Invoking the power of Almighty God, Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, and slavery became illegal in 1865. 17 years later, what if Lincoln would have said, what's the point? 99% are against him. What's the, word, what's the point of trying? But that fire in him, he didn't become discouraged, Adams. He died without seeing results, but it continued with other people, future generations. It may take us 17 years to see the results of how we fought for these elections and against this proposal. We may die and never see our results, but we have hope. We always have to have hope. Our labors are not in vain. Our duty is to never get discouraged and leave the results to God, not me. We did our duty, and we're doing our duty daily on the things that discourage us. Some of us have health problems. Some of us, our marriage is struggling. Some of us, our finances. Sometimes, some, some of us, it could be school-related. I've taken this exam 10 times, and I can't seem to pass. That discouragement, the enemy says, your results are in vain. Give up already. But we say, no. Because my hope is in Jesus Christ. So reason number two why Jesus wants to cleanse our parish from discouragement, because God promises, because God promises to bring good out of bad things. And that's why we shouldn't be discouraged. Jesus promises, God promises to bring good out of bad. The bad that we're going through, the things that are discouraging us, God will bring good out of it and is bringing good out of it. it says in the Bible, Romans 8, 28, those who love God, everything works together for good. If we look at the crucifix, that is a bad, evil act. What good could have come from that? Our salvation came from that. That's the good that came from that. So whatever crucifix is in my life and your life, whatever that area is of discouragement, God is bringing something good out of it. We can't see it. We'll never know it. We may die and never see the results. But God always promises, and he is faithful, that he will bring good out of bad. Again, personally for me, on Wednesday morning, when I woke up discouraged, I asked Jesus, what can possibly be good about today? Where were you? Did you fall asleep? Do you see what's going on? Things are only going to get darker. What good? I said it with an attitude. I was, I was having an attitude with Jesus, and he started telling me what, was, what, what good that I couldn't see. What good? People who have never voted for, voted before, voted, because we'll need that in future years. People are coming, are becoming more educated and speaking to family and friends with boldness. That hasn't happened maybe before. Parents have woken up to what's going on in their schools. Thank you, Jesus. Parents will be more involved in what's being taught in their schools and speak up. Homes will be the first schools, finally, when it comes to education. That's good news. Bad results, but great news. Fathers will start to work with mothers, rather than one parent being the only educator. And we need that. Our children will finally start to grow up. We will finally be growing up in homes rooted in Catholic truth, for our future doctors, lawyers, politicians, businessmen who will bring change for the future. And we thank God for that. 
We thank God for that. And that is what is good, even if results don't happen for another 20, 50, 100 years. Something is starting. The Holy Spirit's working. God is not asleep, and he's not cheap. He's not cheap. Have we bothered to ask Jesus, what good is he bringing out of the things that are discouraging us in our lives right now? Because we can't seem to see the good in my life, in your own personal lives, the things that are discouraging us. Ask. Ask Jesus. Whether it's in anger or seriousness, God, how, look at my child. What, what good is coming out of this? He's addicted to drugs. What, what can be good of, of this situation? And the Lord, who's good and promises to bring good out of bad, will start to show us, yeah, your child's going through a rough time, but you're more faithful. You've been praying a lot more. So let us dare to ask, because God's waiting to answer us, what good can be coming out of this bad. So, brothers and sisters, we're all going through something. But our hope is in Jesus. He's our governor. He is our, our, our king. He's our savior. And that is great news, and that's what we put our hope in. So there is no room for discouragement in our individual lives, so that we collectively, we will not be discouraged, and we will have courage and go into this world and say, Let's go. So I just want to end a little bit differently. Let us recommit ourselves to Jesus right now. We will recommit ourselves to God, who is our Lord and Savior, and we will get rid of the discouragement as a church so that way we can leave here today more on fire. So just repeat after me. Lord Jesus Christ, Christ, today, today, I recommit myself to you. You You are my God. You are my my Lord. You are my king. You are my savior. You are my protector. And you are my deliverer. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my family to you. I surrender all the things that discourage me. I have hope that you alone can bring good out of bad, good out of evil. Amen.